0: you're you're saying "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm," as if you're not going to edit this bit out (laughs) I am going to edit this bit out I
1: promise
0: opening comment from me Mark opening question are you getting on watching survivor mark isn't it great oh wow i mean
1: it's it's it's, i've I've watched 37 seasons so far and that guy who does that thing oh wow but that presenter man he's a presenter of a tv show what and there was that time when they did that thing (laughs) but it's a really well-made tv program and it's it's very interesting to keep talking about it on every goddamn podcast
0: oh glad i got that out how you doing john i'm good how are you
1: i'm all right I'm all right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking
0: it. I'm doing all right. Yeah. I've, um, I've, I've taken a deep dive on an old podcast because I've been so in despair at how all of my stories want to tell me about Survivor. (laughs) Um, I've gone, I've gone deep on the McElroy's Adventure
1: Zone. It's nice. Yeah. I listened to the first couple and I I haven't gone back. Um, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would enjoy it if I did. Mm, mm. It
0: was, um, me getting into this was inspired by. A, if it 's not you know going back on last week too much, uh, a lovely Christmas present I had, which is uh, Star Wars from a certain point of view, which is a series of short stories that roughly follow the the beats of um, Star Wars, or some people might call it Episode 4, or some people might call it A New Hope, but the the film that they made in 1977 about the Star Wars, um, it follows it follows the beats of that, but through minor characters. Right, okay. So you see the, um, you, you kind of, you're in the maison scene of the film, but at, on a different angle, with a different person, and finding out what's going on with them, and what their motivations are, and all these, all these other sorts of things. And one of the writers, because it's lots of Lots of people you've heard from things. Mm-hmm. One of the writers is Griffin McElroy.
1: Ah.
0: And I mentioned it to to Nick off of Ronapod. Oh, um, I'm reading this book and it's a collection of short stories. And Griffin McElroy wrote one of them. And he's a great writer. And it was like, yeah, he's the DM of the Adventure Zone podcast. So he writes all of that. You should listen to the Adventure Zone podcast because, yeah, he can write. So yeah. Like, okay, cool. Because all, nice. all, all of their stuff that I'm used to is kind of unscripted. Yeah. Yes, very much. Um, um, so what's the name of the book? It's called From a Certain Point of View, which is a, a callback to uh, a line mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Um, and it's 40 stories celebrating 40 years of Star Wars. Lovely. i give you a sample of one of the, the chapters, which I think might, um, might tickle your... Might, might 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 tickle you. Might it might not? Okay. Maybe I've maybe maybe I've misunderstood you. Um, there's a chapter called "The Sith of Data Work." Okay. And it's it's a very short chapter, and it's all about. And if you remember, R2D2 and C3PO get into an escape pod on Princess Leia's spaceship and fire themselves down to Tatooine. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to some gunners in an imperial in the in the star destroyer. So some Imperial gunners. And the officer says, oh, hold your fire. Don't worry about it. There's no life forms. And they let this Mm -hmm. pod go past. And this chapter is about this guy having an absolute meltdown because he Hmm. thinks he's done something wrong. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And going to somebody and explaining himself and talking about how the... (laughs) how he's incentivized to not fire on things if they haven't got living creatures in them because he he's judged on his kill ratios oh dear so essentially you get into the kind of middle management of the empire (laughs) (laughs) and how they do performance reviews it's Mm -hmm. like it's brilliant because it is one of those things that people do point out famously it was pointed out in spaced that if they just fired that gun, everything would have been yeah. game over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So mm. it was a it was a nice nice nod to the fans, I think, to pick up that particular one. But it's all sorts of weird stuff like that. Like, what were the Jawas thinking when they found R T T two and C three P O? Who are all the different background characters in the cantina, and how do they all interact oh, with one another? The the uh, the one that's racist against androids. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, I there's lots of stuff about of the racist racism against androids. Uh, yeah, nice. That's me. Right, I'm done. Okay, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, <laughs> still there. Um, so you wanted to talk
1: about me um, not being on Twitter. Are
0: You're you actually not on
1: Twitter. No, no, I'm completely not. What I've done is, see, this is this is the the fun thing about Twitter is that nobody, no, yeah, no one notices. Um, well,
0: I, I in fairness to me. Mm-hmm. Fence to me. I have a regularly scheduled phone call with you. Oh no, absolutely. Um and, and many text messages. I don't need to see you on Twitter. <laughs> no. And I I I said that without a
1: a, a glimmer of um uh, of self-pity. Um it what so so what what I've done is I left a sort of parting message on January the thirty-first. And then I basically did a sort of soft a soft leaving. Um <laughs> soft Brexit. A, yeah. Uh so what, what I've done is unfollowed everyone and turned my account to private, thus preserving my username, but basically making my account inoperable. Mm. So I could tweet if I wanted to, if I, if I really wanted to, I could tweet, but nobody would ever see it because, uh, if I understand correctly, because I don't follow anyone and my account is private. Um, uh. I haven't. Yeah. So you're, you're not team follow back. No. I'm team nothing. You ain't no follow back girl. Uh, no, indeed, and I don't. I don't even look at Twitter. Uh, I don't have a Twitter app on my phone anymore because um, you know I'd done that before, but because I still had a usable account, it was easy to come back. Um, but now that I don't, is that um, how blocking
0: works? So, do you do you allow people in? Is is the I'm sorry? Is the mechanism that allows people in or allows people out for them to be followed? Or is there another thing to allow them to see stuff? I, I can't remember what it is. Uh, there, I can't remember what the mechanism is. But I mean, either way, because it seems it just it seems inconvenient to somebody who wanted to maintain a locked account, doesn't it? Yeah, because it probably might, doesn't work like that. You're right. I might wanna. I might wanna read what somebody's saying um, and not have them to talk to me. Uh, and vice and vice versa, actually. Yes, I guess. The, I guess the question is then. Oh no, the door's um, still open, Mark. They've
1: still got you. Well, this is it. The, the, I guess the question is, Does, if you turn your account to private, does that automatically allow in all of the people that were following you before? Mm. Or does it say, unless you explicitly say so, no one can mm. read your tweets? Nevertheless, a vampire into your home. Either way, there's nothing for anyone to read. So mm. it's not really a problem. And, you know, I don't think anyone's been in touch with me because I haven't had any... Uh,
0: actually I wouldn't know. So, yeah. So, um, so I am now your window to Twitter, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Because we talked about, so we used to do this. I wish you wouldn't (laughs) be. We used to do this feature where, where we pick a thread and we talk about it, but you don't, you're never going to bring me one of those anymore.
1: No, and I, I very rarely did anyway. It was very much your thing. I, I was always sort of against the the having features on on thread, oh, um, okay. but I, I was I was happy for you to,
0: to you know drag drag me uh, drag me with you. Uh, on So on that. so essentially, part of our part of our strategy of not being a, a well thought through show, <laughs> one of the things that undermines it is that you didn't have a. You didn't have a mechanism to give me feedback on my inappropriate use of the trappings of a show. <laughs> if we'd had an editorial meeting booked, you could have told me not to do that. Yeah, but also there are two people in this podcast. Sure. And
1: what you know, um, what I, my, my tastes don't um, necessarily override yours. Well, you know, don't by necessity override yours. So um, that's fine. You know, uh, uh, take 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 Brendan. Um, you know threads listener um hi i like i like i like doing that because i know other people listen but i'd like pretending that um, brendan's the only listener um he writes the name of our other show bitrate with a capital r and i don't and we don't fight over it we just
0: that's just what we do wow that's really you're like you're you're more like a collective than a (laughs) than a podcast (laughs) <laughs> I'm an anarcho-syndicalist
1: commune. I take it in turn to act as a sort of executive officer for the week.
0: I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly where I was going. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Men of a certain age, though, Mark, will always go there. Yeah. From that, yes, that was I, just I an open so. opening for that. So yeah, no,
1: no more Twitter. But uh, you know, I, I know there's things. I know there's things you want
0: to say. Well, well done, well done for being a well done for being a big boy and and getting rid of that. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's rubbish.
1: <laughs> i mean yeah my, my reasons for doing so are, are very different and i talked about them uh a fair a fair bit uh, on because we're doing a, a a short run uh mini series uh about burnout and um that came up um and so yeah but I think the, I, I have been spared a lot of the things that irritate both of us about Twitter, um, that you would occasionally bring to me like a cat leaves a half dead mouse. Found this. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, what do you want to do with it? Uh, look at it disdainfully, I think.
0: Look what they're saying on the internet, Mark. <laughs> look at it. Garbage humans. Mm hmm. I, so. I wish I wish I could because there's so much about going on there that makes me angry. But I, I genuinely think there's some people who would fall through some cracks, and I would miss them.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I I, I didn't even because I'm such a narcissist—not narcissist—that's the wrong word—but um, certainly self-involved. I didn't really think about the people that. I whose profiles I read that I might mm. miss out on. Um, I, I mean, in fairness, like a bunch of those are on Facebook anyway, and so uh, um, it's it's extremely fashionable to uh, dislike Facebook, and I get that. But, I mean, there, there are like very, very good reasons to not like Facebook, but there are also the fashionable, trendy uh, podcast reasons to not like Facebook. What 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 are those? It's mean, just like it's where you you know, it's where your dad is, it's where all the racists hang out. And yeah, okay, there's 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 those corners of it certainly. Right. But also it's where a lot of people I know hang out and it's where if I put something mm-hmm. um I get people you know, as much as people want to have a go at the algorithm, if I put an observation or a thing up there, um it gets a response, um, people read it and then react to it, and that that didn 't happen with Twitter just really uh, almost not at all mm. and that after a while just became deadening, just soul crushingly whatever when you basically make things because you want to be told that you 're a good boy for making a thing um, mm. and for whatever reason, I never. Because I I never looked at Facebook as much of a marketing tool, I don't fall into the same trap, and so I very rarely push things at Facebook. Whereas I did on Twitter, and like I I, I talked about this with Brendan uh, last week that when I you know it felt when I started it was a uh, this small group and and we could we could push things to each other and and that was really cool. And then I, I got the first dopamine hits of that, and then like any addiction going further and further into um making more things and hoping to get the same reaction and then realizing that you don't because the medium has moved on or the stuff you're making isn't very good um but you don't know that because no reaction isn't the same as a bad reaction um and so oh sorry it is the same as you know like you you can't tell if people aren't responding to a thing because they didn't like it or because they haven't seen it or because of something else. Hmm. And you're not getting that or me not getting that dopamine hit just instead of me going, All right, well I should stop seeking it, I doubled down and said, Okay, well I need to do more things to, to I need I need to get that hit. I need to get that hit, guys. I I need it. I just I, just a little bit just a little taste. Just a little bit of a taste. Just daddy, daddy, daddy needs a little taste. Go on. And so that's, that's what ended up happening for like 10 years is daddy just needs a taste. And, um, I would keep putting things out and going, Hey, is, the, is this, is this the one? Is this what you like? Is this, <laughs> this, you like this, don't you? You like this. And then Twitter would go, mm-hmm.
0: maybe,
1: maybe we do, maybe we don't, but we're not telling you. We probably don't. Um, and again instead of me going all right well uh, i'm paul and this is between you all um and, and and sort of walking away i would go okay um i know how to make you happy if i make this thing and uh yeah and then you end up with a page on your website called Gugors, which is just made up of shitty things that you've made to try and get the internet
0: to like you i like all those things though. thank you thank you, you know I do. you're 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 yes i do you're a good man um uh, so, yeah, I've got this thing, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well. You mentioned, you mentioned Facebook, right? And how, oh, it's, it's the baddies. So I've had a little run of, um, people reaching out to me and going, um, just so you know, I'm going to be leaving Facebook, but you can find me on Instagram and WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's the same thing, don't we? <laughs> like, I'm not mm. sure what people, so, people haven't been clear about what their objection is but if there's any if there's any objection to what Facebook is as an organisation don't go to Insta and WhatsApp that's not going to help is it? No. Uh, which is which is where Facebook's been very clever. Oh yeah no absolutely in terms of acquisitions. Yeah.
1: And it, it, it's it's yeah it it is it is clever, but it's also strange that they end up competing on features um so you know Facebook stories is mm. a thing that nobody uses, but Facebook keeps insisting that I use it and but it they already own the one that stole it from Snapchat and is leading uh the the pack in terms of this story idea mm. um so it it stop stop doing that. You already own the one that's doing it anyway. Stop pretending like you're competing against another company that's got a similar service. Just either roll it in or don't. Or just go, hey, you know what? We bought a company that's got this. Let's just be happy that, mm, it's, it's strange, but yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's yeah, your yeah. Google Plus doing these days? Oh, uh, it's, it's, um, it's so many circles. Just I'm drowning in circles, mate, so many.
0: I occasionally do get like an email saying someone's following me on Google Plus and I'm like, oh, really? Oh, that, that's a thing, isn't it? Wow. I genuinely, I I haven't since I think like
1: 2014. Oh, you actually used it? I did for a for a brief time, sort mm. of at slightly at arm's length. But there were there were a couple of times when, um, but it never really felt like a destination in the way that Twitter and Facebook do.
0: Mm.
1: It was more uh, just a oh okay, there's a the 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 bell for Google Plus has just appeared. So obviously there's some kind of notification. Let's have a quick look over there. Oh look, there's a YouTube comment that. Uh, that's been left because a friend of mine commented on someone's YouTube video. Um, and that's sort of it. Mm. <laughs> I think for a while, Buffer, which is a service I've used for a long while and like, um, uh, they, they, they had Google Plus integrations. And so I think I, I probably used, used it that way. In the same way, like LinkedIn, I use that at about three different arm's length because I don't mm-hmm. want to actually, get sucked into the the bog of eternal stench Um and so um I use yeah if, if I'm going to use LinkedIn I'll do it via Buffer
0: I, I use LinkedIn a lot more recently than I, than I ever have done um, I I had more people adding me on LinkedIn in my old job because for some reason students had to one of the things that we insisted students do is that they have a LinkedIn profile and then they added all their lecturers to it um, but that was really, really nice while I was still in that world because it meant that when they left, I still had a way of finding them. Yeah. And, and, and still do. And I still will do the thing I'm about to tell you, which is when I heard about things that made me think about someone, I'd be like, ping them and go, how's the job you got right now going on? Did you know that there's this thing? Here you are. Uh, so it was, it was a good way of, 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 because loads of, um, job opportunities or project opportunities would come past me in that role. Um, It meant I could still find people and match them up with things. And as I say, I I think I still would. Mm -hmm. So I think LinkedIn is great for that kind of, that no friction address book where people updated themselves, essentially. Yes. So your Rolodex is there and, um, hey kids, Rolodex. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Your Rolodex is there and uh, you don't have to maintain and, and curate it because every single data point in it is going to curate itself. I think that's a marvellous part of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. Um but um in my new role I often I often kinda of have to get a sense of of who I'm talking to. And I often find people on LinkedIn and go, Oh, okay, that this is who this person is. Right. I can I can approach this conversation with them in this sort of a way, which is which is quite Weird and snoopy. So is that in
1: terms of um, dealing with members of Joe Public or dealing with the
0: people in your organisation? So um, so Joe Public people. So if somebody sends me a question and it could get technical very, very, very quickly, if I can have a quick sense check of who they are and what they do, uh, then... I can go one way and if I get a sense You know how to pitch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Which is a bit weird and sneaky. <laughs> I think
1: that's that's probably quite helpful. It's quite it's quite a benign use of the social graph. It is. Um and I could
0: see that being being quite useful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It has helped me a lot in terms of making sure that I'm not um just throwing um my my responses at a level that isn't gonna suit that person. Yeah. Um so yeah, I find it I find it really really useful for that and, and but of course it, it tells people that you've looked. Ah. <laughs> so so then it's quite nice because my customers start adding me, which is which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. So that's that's quite groovy. And also, um, being the supportive young man that I am, um, mm. my my wife started using LinkedIn a lot more, and she's one of the people who actually posts content on there. Whoa. And because I've got quite a big network because of in the old job people adding me all the time, I can help signal boost her stuff. Mm. Which is is a really I, I can't think of any other network where I would go. Oh yeah, I can go on there and I can amplify something. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> it's a really bizarre kind of corporate messaging way of thinking about things. But then I guess that's the kind of the discourse of LinkedIn anyway.
1: That's one of the that that's something that I sort of cover is having that kind of thing to be able to amplify stuff. I, I tried to do it a little bit with Podient, um, but it's it's a it's a thing that needs maintaining on on its own and and the Podient. Sort of social graph isn't really massive enough for it, for it to have that much of an effect. But I I certainly like that idea of saying if you've got a thing and it's worthwhile and you want to tell people about, let me mm. know why it's good and I'll 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 shovel it out to to the people who are interested. And and mm. yeah, I, I like having that kind of that kind of thing. It's it, it is cool, especially as someone you know like us who who came up in the
0: early days. Um, it's nice to be able to. Pay, yeah, pay it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 good that pay I'm not I'm not just kind of needless. It's not just kind of like needlessly. Well, because this is my wife's stuff, I'm going to send it. Yeah. Um, the two particular projects that she works on are particularly relevant to two parts of my of my LinkedIn's sort of graph, which is okay. A lot of her stuff is education based, and then a lot of her stuff is is comms based. Yeah. And so there's a lot of marketing and communication professionals in there, and then there's a lot of education professionals in there as well. So mm-hmm. it all it, it is actually it's it's continent a lot of my people, a lot of my peeps. Mm-hmm. Put them in the chili pot, add the M and M's. Um, so uh, a
1: quick follow up on last week. Um, yes. as I thought, <laughs> and this is not just me being able to say I was right, but just in the interest for anyone who's interested,
0: sounds like you're about to go on.
1: Yeah um there is more good place um so there was an episode out last week and uh, on the 10th and there will be another one uh, coming up oh so it was a half season yeah <gasps> well it wasn't It wasn't exactly a half season cuz there's only a few left but it, it was a, was a break.
0: christmas hiatus yeah <sighs> so yeah there's there's more i was very emotional in the last episode mm it got me in the fields. It
1: was. it and, and listening to the podcast, so it was, I'd been looking forward to listening to the uh, the podcast uh, discussion about that episode because it's all Darcy Carden all the time, mm-hmm. and she has this amazing thing where she's got to play, you know, six. Seven different people because mm-hmm. she's got to play four humans, herself as Janet, uh a bad Janet. There's no, a bad Janet. There. a bad Janet in uh,
0: there, isn't there? Is there
1: There might be, but there's also a neutral Janet. Yeah. And she has to do so she she's gotta do all of these and you know, does it amazingly. And she, she talked about how she worked up being able to do the different voices effectively without doing impressions of the people. And
0: um, it did feel like she was doing impressions. So. But not, mm, not in, okay.
1: as, as in impressions, not in mm, maybe impersonations, not impressions, or the other way around, like not impressions in the way that you would as a comedian do a comedy sort of caricaturish impression. She was
0: trying to get the cadence and yeah. Yes. So I was going to say something about that, which is I was going to ask you which ones she did. Best and I, and rather than ask you that, I'll just tell you which ones I think you should do best. Which because it comes off what you've just said mm-hmm. is um, it was clearly much much harder to be um, GD and um ah what's the character name Eleanor GD and Eleanor are more the straight characters oh except okay. for the chili pot thing. I mm, ah, ooh, I don't know I actually don't know that I agree. so they are more like they are more like characters from Friends sure. Whereas the rest of the ensemble are more like characters from Arrested Development.
1: Okay. I I think Yes, but I think uh William Jackson Harper The guy who plays Cheedy is always
0: go when you say the name. Yep. Because the, it's an accent. It's an accent on the first the day. Name right? <laughs> um is so the way
1: he plays it I don't I think you're right in that the character isn't written. As anything more than sort of a kind of a straight character, but his performance elevates it so much mm-hmm. in the grimaces and the, the 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 little sort of what you know the the exasperations and those kind of um, little bits of business that he does mm-hmm. elevates that character to be more than a straight character. So uh, I think there's more comedy in his performance than is necessarily on the page, mm-hmm. and you know that's probably very very difficult to portray if you're a different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. but yeah like i i would say that eleanor is the straight man i i wouldn't consider Cheedy the straight character just because of his of of jackson harper's performance of him which makes him uh a bit more um but yes I, i i think she did a great job of being him um and i think eleanor was the hardest because she's kind of just you know like not just straight but is also the kind of every man in that she doesn't speak in a particularly you know outlandish way she doesn't have a uh a, a, that much of a cadence she's just kind of Kristen bell mm-hmm. um but yeah it's lo- lovely 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 episode the the,
0: the pivotal yeah. final scene which I, I won't spoil for for anybody i, I think the was was name Darcy something is it Darcy Carden Darcy Carden. Um, her her performance in that bit, considering I've just said that those were the two hardest characters to do. Her her performance of that final moment was amazing. That that really was great. So uh, Survivor Ace eh? uh thirty seven. So yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dog food in you here, mate. Telling. Totally range. <laughs> <eating around.
1: laughs> well, you've been. um you, you've, you've been watching TV. You've been watching, uh,
0: Les Mis. Yes, yes, you've seen the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I'm not particularly sure why I threw this in here. I think probably because we were riffing off of, um, things that we've, uh, th- things from the, the, uh, the universe podcast that we listen to. And Les Mis is a, a bit of a meme in some of the podcasts we both listen to. Um, oh, yeah. Have you seen the musical?
1: Yes. The musical Joy yeah, the I've seen the musical, the film. You seen the musical, um, the film? Ah, I've not seen the musical, yeah, of the film. Yeah, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that much interest in seeing the musical, the play. Um, and I've, I've got less interest in seeing the music, uh, the, the non-musical, the TV show. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've seen the musical, the film. Uh, and enjoyed it, like I did. I'm not a big musicals person. um uh, like, Yeah, I, I tend to. If it's going to be a musical, I want it to be funny, uh, which is why Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favourite films ever. Yeah, I mean, Les Miserables um, is not funny.
0: No, there is a clue. Yeah, yeah, no, very, very much,
1: very much. There is. He was um, upfront about it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he didn't bury the. Come lead. over here. We. He didn't bury. The... <laughs> if you come with me on this journey, be ready mm. because. Les is going to be miserable
1: very much in the in the vein of uh, a series of unfortunate events it's um don 't read this book it's I, oh mate i don 't know if I told you uh, sorry we were i 'm sidetracking. us i 'll do this very very briefly, yeah, I read almost all of the first book i hadn 't finished it because I, I for a project, I wanted to get a, an idea of a tone, and my god, like I was really surprised at how um, to to put it another way, I was surprised at how much humor. Netflix injected into their adaptation <laughs> let's put it that oh, way no, it, quite yeah. it ain't there my god it, it like it, the book is just there are maybe and it, it might it might be that there's more sardonic and black humor in the subsequent books but that first book is kind of for the most part straight up just sad and mm. just awful things happen to the kids and not really like in in the in the Netflix adaptation certainly um Uh, Olaf is a lot more... He's a a bit more dim-witted and more of a foil and sort of evil and does horrible things, but you can laugh... Because he has silly, you know, oh God, I don't know, some of the words I'm, uh, I'm trying to say are eluding me, but mm-hmm. there are flaws in his character, which you can pick apart for comedy value, which in the book, he's just a monster. And I found that really interesting.
0: I um, I, I can't help you with the words you're looking for, because I don't know what you're
1: talking about. No, it's fine. He's just a monster in the
0: book. Is um, he... Is he Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. He's called Olaf? Yeah. He's not called, he's not, he's not called Lemony Snicket? No. Fucking hell. Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket is the narrator. Oh, what's going on here?
1: Yeah. Lemony Snicket is the book author. Um, so it was, it was, it was, um, out under that name, um, uh, as far as I, as far as I'm aware. Um, oh, Mark, I've mis- I've, I underestimated
0: this. I, have not. Yeah, mate,
1: you've, you've got to, co- you've got to come in ready to this. It's a whole universe. Aye, aye.
0: It's like 13 books. Is it? Is it in the Jumanji universe? Is it? No. Is right. Bridge Over Troubled Is that in the Jumanji universe? Or does it just a lot of the same film. Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's probably Williams was in one of them. Okay. And then they've remade it, and the rocks in it with Amy Pond. I don't yeah, know.
1: <laughs> it's okay, it's all right. You should watch um, the the Netflix series uh, series of
0: unfortunate it's, it's very very good. It is very very, should very good. Should I watch this with children or on my own? No, you
1: don't have to. I, I I'm I'm 36, correct? and <clears throat> Childless,
0: um, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, but you've got young people in your family. You might have watched it. With. Nope. <laughs> Nope. I mean you do you do have young people.
1: No, I, I yes I do, but um no, someone urged me to um to watch it a couple of years ago when I was at a thing and they were like, it's really good and um I trusted their take on it, so I went and watched it and I really, really dug it. Um there's a lot there for for adults. Um it's it's not for like proper young because it's just it's too just a bit too grim but it's really good and there'll be people in there you'll recognise and Neil Patrick Harris is amazing in it we're not talking about that we're talking about Les Miserables tell me all about the Les Miserables on TV oh
0: so um, when this show that we don't prepare when I was preparing <laughs> I just thought oh let talk about Les Mis then I can yeah. I can go on to the fact that all the things we listen to also talk about Hamilton and go into that yeah That's ba- basically Les Mis was just just a lead-in opening things up just a lead-in mate just leading the Les, Les Mis TV show is very good mm-hmm it is very good. It's all, all the actors that you like doing their acting. <laughs> it's got... It's done the interesting thing of... Um, it's doing some of that colourblind casting that they do now. Ah. Oh. So that, that leads us into Hamilton, doesn't it? Yes. So um, your man who plays Javert, who's the um, the inspector. Yes. He's David... Fewless. No, he's not David. He's not David <laughs> Fulis. <laughs> He's not David Fewless. He's amazing in um uh, a show
1: on Netflix called um Big Mouth. He's in the second season and he's amazing. David Fuller Yeah. Oh. He plays The Shame Wizard. The what? Um it's an animated series and he plays a uh he plays a character called The Shame Wizard. The Eddie's Shame
0: Wizard. The Shame Wizard. Yeah. Shame Wizard. no I was thinking of I was thinking of David uh, Oyelowo. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Okay. Uh, so um, he's uh, a Black British actor mm-hmm. playing uh, um, a, a Cockney French inspector. Mm-hmm. And Dominic West is is playing uh-huh. um, uh, playing the role of Sean Bean, playing uh, a Yorkshireman <laughs> Jean Valjean. <laughs> which is, which is a lot of fun. So yeah, they're, they're, like that's, that's, that's kind of interesting and it, and it works. Obviously, mm-hmm. blind casting has been done for years in kind of theatre stuff. You know, lots of Shakespeare stuff's been done where they just go, you yeah, know, whatever, that's the best actor for that. We'll, we'll go with it. So that's, that's very cool. Um, do you know, Lane Mears* was written in Guernsey where I'm from? There you go. That's a bit about me. There you are. Yeah. So, F- so the F- reason F- Hugo lived and died in Guernsey. Oh, well, there you go. Mm. Favourite son apart from me. Mm. <laughs> uh, mm. I assume the reason you bring up
1: the colourblind nature of the casting is because of the period and you would not expect people in the positions the characters are in to necessarily be in those positions at that period in history. Yeah. Cool. Just just buttoning that
0: up. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Well, well also, I think it's always been played by a white actor before. Um, and, and as you say, in that, in that period of history, you, you would imagine it would be a little bit harder to come up to be a police inspector if you didn't fit that particular mould.
1: So no recording next week because you're going to be at
0: Hamilton, Hamilton, yeah, which is the other um, the other great great topic from around the podcasts. Um, I uh, I was almost on media blackout really. I, I know nothing about this show except for the fact that everybody liked it. Yeah, uh, but then I started listening to a podcast uh, while I was on a run. Um, we've, we've talked about this off mic a few times recently, the, the trauma you have when something unexpected happens when you're running and you can't turn off your stories quick enough. <laughs> um, I I did find out. So, in fairness to these podcasters, it's not a spoiler because it's something that's taught in American schools. <laughs> right. But I found out about one of the pivotal scenes in the play, and I was <laughs> like, "Well, it would have been good to have gone into that cold."
1: <laughs> oh, ah, oh. but that'd be uh, reconcilable differences by any chance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah,
0: it might might well have been. Um, but I think I think it was something of the magnitude of you know saying um, some British podcasters going, and then they cut King Charles the first head off. <laughs> well, I was well, I was just watching that. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's dead. mate Next thing you'll be telling me his son comes back and ups, Oh, he does. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bit of an obvious plot twist. No. The only thing I really know because I, I I I wish I wasn't so dense about things like history, but mm-hmm. I mean I was taught it but for some, whatever reason it just it, didn't really sink in i just don't think i was paying attention and um but i the only thing i really remember about charles the first is from a sketch or a couple of sketches in blackadder's comic relief special wow in which he was a uh cavalier and charles the first was played by stephen fry right and uh yeah, and, and, um, Cromwell was in it. I can't remember who it was, but it was probably Hugh Laurie, um, uh, because it, it probably would have been, um, because reasons, yeah, yeah. because reasons. Or, 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 um, or Tim McInerney, because uh, Baldrick was in it,
0: and and yeah, yeah, um, it, it definitely wouldn't definitely wouldn't have been um, a Lord Flashheart. No, because I don't I don't think, um, I don't, <laughs> don't think Lord Flashheart would be compatible with uh, Charlie Cromwell, <laughs> no. Oliver Cromwell. Sorry, uh,
1: unless it was Hayden. I'll have to figure it out anyway. Because um, we we had um we had a VHS like a comic relief 1988 or something that that sat uh in our downstairs cabinet for years and i wasn't allowed to watch it until i became of age um and uh, i remember the day coming of age and then wow. watching it several times um and being very excited to watch it and it had the young ones uh episode where they go off the cliff um and uh, a few other bits and pieces and uh, it had a Yes Minister bit in it, uh, which, you know, I'd never seen Yes Minister, but obviously it had brick mail and yeah.
0: I wish we weren't so close to the end of recording because there's a lot to
1: unpack here. I know. A, I
0: know. A com- oh. Yeah, it was, a, it was a... A comic relief VHS tape. It was a compilation. That you were not yeah. allowed to watch. Oh yeah, just
1: because it was, I wasn't, I wasn't old enough. It was, it was a bit rude. There was some some rude stuff. in there.
0: Oh, so there wasn't like a like a big big moment, like a like a bar mitzvah. <laughs> for...
1: <laughs> no, it was just. I think, I think I just asked at one point because I'd seen it there for ages and I'd want to see because it, it had like okay, I want to ask you a question. Um, and this is only really going to make sense, I think, to our UK listeners. I. At what point were you cognizant of Rick Mail as a thing? Because I I can't remember a time as a child mm. when I didn't know who Rick Mail is. I can only remember knowing him from something else that existed. Because I remember he did a Jack and Ori, yeah. and I was excited. He was great because he did a Jack and Ori, which yeah. meant that I knew him from something.
0: Yeah, you probably knew him from the Young Ones.
1: But I I but I already knew who Rick Mail was. He was the Rick Mail one in the Young Ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like, I, I, I find it fascinating to, to try and pass, like, at what point, cause everything I can think of, I watched as a child because it had Rick Mail in it. Right. So there must have been a point. It's like, th- this is gonna, this is gonna sound like a complete non sequitur, but it's, I find it fascinating that the most famous, um, Version of the Bob Marley song, No Woman No Cry, is a live version. And when he starts it, the crowd goes wild, which means there was already a version of No Woman No Cry that people were very well aware of because everybody cheers when he starts playing it. But no one hears that version. We only ever hear the live version when the crowd goes wild, acknowledging the fact that the song already existed and people knew about it.
0: mm <laughs> This is where, this is where we need to get our, our former media studies lecturer um, yeah, in on the scene because there are some well-known examples of, um, live recordings with canned crowd noise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could believe that, but I, I, I would be surprised. Well, it's a bit like, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit like, you know, wasn't it, wasn't it amazing that, um, that Bruce Springsteen picked the uh the young courtney cox from the from the crowd there in the in the concert when he was playing a totally spontaneous live version of his song dancing in the... <laughs> <laughs> and for all the people yeah. he could have picked and she was very well lit as she kind of rose <laughs> up from, from the pit as well it's um very deft work from the follow spot operator <laughs> uh, <laughs> Footlights, footlights eh? mm. i wonder if footlights is actually any good I wonder if you go to it and it's literally like, oh, I'm watching a load of undergraduate um, history students prancing around. Fuck. Or if you go there and you go, that was great. Those are the future greats of British comedy.
1: That's a ri re- yeah, I, I I do wonder because the last people I can remember who came up from that would have been Mitchell and Webb. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's been people since, but I, I don't know them just, you know, possibly because I'm out of that particular loop. Um and, uh, but it, it's possible that the the later generation of comics, like that, there is a whole new generation of comics now that's come up that I have no knowledge of, and I see them occasionally on, you know, like a celebrity pointless or something else, and and they're like, oh yeah, I am already a name. Like as much as I am into comedy, there is a new breed that I am I haven't really paid much attention to, and probably don't speak to me mm-hmm. and, and i'm sure you understand that as well like there's in the same way that there's a lot of music that's just not made for us anymore um i suspect the same is true of stand-up comedy and that's why you might go to footlights and it might not mean much yeah because
0: the the, the psyche has moved on coming off the back of what you just said i was on spotify today and it suggested playlists playlist called essential tens and I was like, oh no, we're doing retrospectives on this decade's music and I've not listened to any of it yet. Oh god, no. I've never felt so old in all of my life, Mark. Oh no, no, thank you. Yeah. No.
1: Yes, alright, well this has been um a discussion that has been recorded. <laughs>
0: yes. And And may be on the internet. Yep. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> I got told i finished I got told I, I finished <laughs> meetings that I chair like I'm finishing a podcast today, oh nice, so I don't know what that means because no. I'm known for being bad at finishing podcasts <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the very essence of my brand <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go away and think about that
1: did you, i mean do do you do you finish um, a conference course by asking people um, what they've got to plug <laughs> Is that what
0: you're doing no, but the, <laughs> The person who said that to me, I did say to them, please, please do rate and review on iTunes. It would really help.
1: <laughs> this podcast is produced by Podiant. To find out more,
0: visit podiantproductions.com.